Welcome to another episode of the Awareness Advantage Podcast, where leaders who are good at getting stuff done become great leaders to influence and inspire people. I'm your U.S. co-host and best-selling author, Kevin McCarthy, joined by my good friend, Canadian business partner, and best-selling author, Licky Labji. If you have not yet done so, click subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, the Awareness Advantage Podcast. How do each of us want to be held accountable? Like, what does accountability look like for you? Or who's holding you accountable? Or does anybody need to hold you accountable? So once we can get that answer done, then we can hold others accountable based on what our values are. I think a lot of us here, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we're all solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. But what does that look like for us? I mean, I'm, I I, I'm not a solo aren't. Uh, so to speak, but I am at the top of the pyramid. So to, you know, I'm the, I'm the CEO, the owner, whatever. So yeah, it's a really good question. I think in my world, my wife keeps me accountable because we work together. <laughs> but uh, I like the question because, you know, eat your own dog food, right? If if you're going to hold people accountable to certain things, then like you should also be held accountable to in a similar and and that's I think where the struggle is. Like, yeah, that, that's that's a super good question. Like, I need to hold myself accountable, but I also ask my team to make hold me accountable. But I being that I'm the CEO and owner, like I think they're like it's like walking on ice cubes a little bit. Like, how do you how do they do they know how to do that? Like, and even though as a leadership team, we've kind of given each other permission to like, hey, we have this group of four or five six people, whatever it is, and uh, you know we've given each other permission to uh to hold account but i have to say in the last six months i can't really remember anybody saying hey steve you really screwed up and i know i have so like yeah that's a challenging one for sure right well i I think for us is well for me being accountable to my clients is being quite clear of expectations and usually that happens but i'm accountable to asking the questions or getting clear when it's not. So I'll, I'll put myself in that position of unclarity if I don't take the steps myself. I guess in that sense, I'm self-accountable. Until I understand what is expected, I will continually ask the question as like, I, I want to get clear on what you just said there. I want to understand the expectation, the timeline or uh, whatever it is. And And sometimes I find that not to say CEOs in general, <laughs> but there's a lot going on. There's a lot that's in their headspace that it's like, you know, just run with it. Like, you know, learn as you go. And then as you stumble, I hope that the culture and the alignment agreements that I've made with these organizations is that that is the culture that they're allowing the stumbling. And if there is a stumble, uh, what are some of the solutions that support individuals and the those that are affected by it and the learning like you know sometimes we stumble and we don't have we're we're stumbling on to the next thing that we we don't go back to what just happened there and how did we how can we learn from that and so i i think all in all for me it's just getting clear and taking the time and really at times even demanding it if they don't have time to get clear with me then that means they don't have time to really support what it is that they've asked me to do. 
Is it commitment then? Commitment, commitment to the goals? Well, it's not just the goals. It's what supports the goals. As an example, I'm going through a strategy session with six leaders. They've got five goals. They've got 30 objectives. And within that, there's plans and actions. And I'm like, how is that all going to happen? Who? They've got a small group of individuals that ha- that's going to happen. So in terms of accountability structure, I'm like, wow, that's going to be a, a challenge overall, considering we're pooling from the same resources, each and every one of those objectives. So getting clear as to what is important is what I find the most challenging. Thanks, Eileen. Well, you know, uh, I, I captured that statement. You said, understand what is expected. And that comes from clear, concise communication. Yeah. I wonder if clear, concise communication doesn't occur because we're not, a, we're not wanting to or willing to step up and say it because of we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We're afraid of something, uh, afraid of whatever is in the way. So that, that's what came up for me when you started saying that. Because it's easy enough to say, I understand what's expected. I, can, I, I understand it. But am I relaying it to somebody else properly? Or am I... In a way that they can understand. Not even, not even in a way that they can understand. Am I holding back because of my limiting beliefs that I don't want to express something to hurt their feelings or to be hurt? So I'm not clearly uh, communicating what I need to. Or rock the boat. Or rock the boat. Right. Because if you rock the boat, especially in your industry, Steve, people will just leave, right? And I'm afraid of people leaving. And that comes back down to a scarcity mindset, not just to give money of people. So what is actually stopping you from being clearly communicatable? Uh, That wasn't clearly communication at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think some of this reflects back onto like a little bit of where we even started this conversation. And, Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know we've talked about the KISS method before, and I know it comes up in different places, but if what you're relaying or what information you are acquiring from another individual is not simple or clear, concise, easy to understand without digging further. How do you or anyone in your organization or any group or whatever that you support going to follow through on messy and dirty and complicated information? If, if an email requires, you know, back to the original conversation, if an email requires nine or 10 step-by-steps to get from point A to point J, we're going to lose people all over the place. People are going to get hung up and mired in details that don't really matter when the intent was, here's the big picture and here's the things that fall inside of the big picture. We come back to collaboration and boundaries. And then even to what uh, Aileen had said, you know, how many people can actually do this in the group that you have that you're working with and how spread too thin. And I think this comes in, in, in all different places. This isn't just accountability to self, to org, to those that we support or work with or, or collaborate with. This, this is so much bigger than that. Well, I'm Tracy Gorman. I'm from a large county. And um, my team is held accountable to measurable actions. They come to me with an, with something that they need and we discuss it and collaborate on it and say, okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to hold yourself accountable? And how how is that going to be measurable? And we do that. And then I, in turn, turn around and say, and how can I help you reach that accountability? The accountability is on them and it's measurable for them. There's a KPI with a, with a specific measurable goal for that task that has to happen. Right. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. If we turn that back around to ourselves, 
how do we hold ourselves accountable if we don't have a measurable tool? It's uh, January the 12th, and we probably had a New Year's resolution of doing something. And how many of us actually did something by and stopped it on January the 2nd? I never set goals. <laughs> never set New Year's resolution. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what most people do because we never kept them. So I'm not going to go there again. I don't want failure. Well, or the goal gets set so ambiguously that you can say, well, I'm kind of doing it. Right? That's exactly the point right there, Steve. That's exactly what I was looking for, is that we're not clear. What Eileen said earlier, we're not clear on our expectations. Yeah. I'm and challenged with that because my goal was to be better. And that was kind of like in every interaction and everything I do, like at the end of the day, can I look back and say, what can I do better tomorrow? Yeah. And it's hard to say, like, well, you did X, Y, and Z, but it's a mind try for me. It's a mindset. So yeah, it's a bit ambiguous, but I'm going to run with it because I like it. I don't think I've heard a good answer on how do we hold, hold ourselves accountable yet. We're good at deflecting on others. If my team is succeeding, I, then I'm held accountable for the actions that I do okay. and, and whatnot. Because my goal is to train them in such a way that they are requested from other agencies and other agencies are trying to steal them from me. That is my goal. And my goal is for them to do the best job they possibly can. Okay. And by them do getting asked out uh, in the world and getting stolen from me and from them doing their job and I'm getting good feedback, then that's how I hold myself accountable. I'm doing a good job. My, my team is happy. I'm held accountable. Great. So your measurable is if they hit their measurables and their KPIs, that means you've done your job. Correct. Okay. Perfect. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now back to the program. That's great. That's, that's a good way of self-accountability. Anyone else? For me, I, I usually ask for feedback. A lot of times the projects that I have have clear de deliverables, but I guess my aim or intention of working with organizations is that if I am providing the most value for their businesses, I could. So whether I'm coming in as a project manager and seeing that work go through, where else could I support? It's usually I ask. You know, whether it's supporting individuals, even outside of the project, you know, just really checking in all the time where value is, is placed. Sometimes I find that the project I'm working on isn't actually the key issue in, in the business. And, uh, you know, just asking and being open to that question, I, I feel like it's because the last thing I want to do is work on things that don't matter. Yeah. So I, I get that. So feedback on work projects, and if you achieve those, then your held, then your accountability is in place. Let's take this a little bit deeper. Then we're keep on going into accountability at work. What about accountability yourself at your? Forget about work side of things. Oh, what I'm never I, accountable at home. Exactly. No. Exactly. That's, I'm horrible. horrible. Yeah. So who <laughs> who is a five a.m. or here? I know Randall was, still is, maybe. Uh, Eileen is, and Tracy is, Neil is. 
I was. Nobody held me accountable, and I didn't hold myself accountable. I'm no longer a 5 a.m.er. And here's a prime <laughs> example. And I didn't hold myself accountable because it wasn't important. But yeah. I go back to my values of health, which is one of my values. I'm not living one of my values. So I'm going back to core values of yourselves to hold yourself accountable. And then I'm going into what are the values at work that will help you hold accountable. So this is a tie into who we are, how we do things, where we are, what's stopping us to move forward. And that's the way I live. And I'd love to understand if this makes sense to you and this, this resonates. I think one of the ways, and, and I, not skirting the issue and not skirting any way that we could talk about it, but showing up for yourself first, right? And knowing full well that some days that you're going to show up for yourself, you've got, you know, 80% to give and that's your top, right? Something happened on the way to work. You hit some red light. Something happened somewhere in life. The coffee pot didn't do what you needed it to do this morning, right? Like something can shift your day that you do no longer have 100% to give. And by the time noon hits, you have 20. There are outlying factors, but as long as you can show up for yourself every day and be okay with yourself knowing today is not a hundred percent. Today is, today is the 20% day or today is the 80% day and being able to communicate that with self so that when others aren't meeting their expectations or when they're not meeting yours, this is workplace, this is home, this is friend groups, this is associations, this is whatever. If somebody else isn't meeting your expectations, are you even meeting your own? Did you show up for yourself that day or for that project or for that thing, for your family, whatever it is with enough mindset to know like I couldn't give it everything I had today how can I expect somebody else to do it today or any other day of the week because we all have things going on that that shift and and reflect in all the different things that we do and all the places that we need to show up for each other and show up for ourselves I like that that's uh show up for yourself first and it's okay if you're not 100 percent but be okay with that and be okay to communicate that, right? There's your boundary and your communication all in one. You're going to have, you're going to have people in, in that day that, do, that care less about what happened to you because something that happened to them is far more important. And as leaders, we respect that. My problem is not your problem, but you show up to work today or in your own household and you've got, got things going on with kids and events and house and all these things are going on. Their problem, the way they see it is going to be far more than you see it. And can you stop or can you at least even relay or communicate? I understand what you're going through or I hear what you're going through. I don't understand it because I've never experienced it. I'm not having a great day myself. How can I support you with where you're at? And let me come up with a plan as how to meet you where you're at. You don't have to answer in the moment. So you don't have to completely deflect for, for weeks, hoping the problem goes away, but you need to know your own space. This is not a moment I'm having to be able to solve your problem. But if you give me some time, I'll have time to reflect on what I can do to maybe help you or maybe have further this conversation. Take a coffee, take a whatever, go to your room, read a book, meditate. I don't care, right? Like find your thing or, or encourage the other person to like, hey, I need this time. It sounds like you need a little bit of this time too. Let's reconvene. And I mean, this is self-conversation too, right? When you can stop yourself and go, whoa. This is not me. This is not my space. And clearly these other things are bugging me or, or, or having some sort of effect on my outputs because KPIs, no matter how we look at it, are driven by people, right? So every person that's in the mix is causing something in the mix. And we are one of those people. If we're struggling with our own deliverables and with our own accountability, we need to be able to reflect on that in ourselves and take that time as well to just like, well, today is not my day. Well, I'll just recap that in a couple of sentences. I love that. 
it's okay not to be okay. And we need to be okay that they're not okay. And are we okay with that? And, and this reflects back to, you know, generational things that Steve was talking about earlier. There are certainly generations who expect the output is 100%, 100% of the time. And then there's another, you know, age group that's on the completely opposite end of that, that goes, I know today is a 20 and today is going to be a 20 and I'm here. And this is what you can expect from me. I'm here. Like this, this is as far as it's going to get. I'm filling a spot and I am not here and I'm not okay, but I'm here, right? Even just in, in age gaps. And I mean, and I, I've worked with, and I see with, and I've been in a lot of different organizations where I, I mean, I, I've been in the midst of all of that, the hundred percent, 100% of the time. And I'd like to be a hundred percent today's an 80 and I have the power to communicate and use words that have been given to me and explained to me where the other end doesn't understand it. So sometimes you've really got to stop and reflect on even just the language that you use. Randall, let me, um, I want to throw a question back at you guys. Sure. So you said age. Is it age or is it awareness level? I think it's both. Okay. I, I, I think it's both. And let me offer my non-psychological point of view. And I'm sure Mark could jump in here and explain any part of this. But when you have a culture that is told what to do and they do it, and then you have a culture that comes shortly after that, that stands up for what you believe in and what you support. And then you have a culture after that who has come out of this, stand up for what you believe in and what you support, and then realize that I am a part of what I believe in. Right. So like we've gone from the, you have to, to the, we right in concepts across the board. And then all of a sudden we have these massive generations covering lots of different age groups and age levels within, within our environment. So I don't care where you are within our environments. And we have the do as you're told because you're told to do it. And the, you know, that just doesn't sit with me today. And I'm not able to do that today. And so I, that's why I think it sits in both. We have the words to communicate it. And we have individuals who know that this is a thing, but this is not, a, they, they weren't given the same space or they don't know how to use the same words in the same space. And so then it becomes back to boundaries, lack of understanding, lack of clarity and lack of question asking. Because you're accountable because you show up 100% of the time doesn't mean that I, I'm going to show up 100% of the time. And I know that, and I can communicate that, but that doesn't sit well with everybody. And that's not necessarily just the woke crew and the non-woke crew or self-aware or those who think they're self-aware, right? That's just being able to use words. And there's no but there. I agree with you, Randall. And by not using the words, you're afraid of something to say it. Mm -hmm. That's the awareness part that I'm talking about is that if you're able to communicate what you're actually feeling, that requires awareness. And, and the reason I challenged that about the age groups is we work with all age groups and think about you do as I say is in every age group, definitely in the older generation, for sure. Lack of awareness is maybe a play, place of it. Scarcity mindset's going to be part of it too, right? You show up for work, you've got to get that paycheck. Things have to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, you know, there's a couple of things that that's a theme here is we, we've talked a little bit about clear communication, understanding what accountability actually is. And then understand what is expected. And however, as we, we just talked a little bit about here's generational gaps in communication and self-awareness and awareness as far as, um, goes into what is important to us. Is this tied to our values or is it not tied to our values? Is it tied to the work values? What are we afraid of? My team ranges in, in from an age group from 24 to, I think he's 62. Don't know, don't, don't ask, don't care. And 
what I tell them is that we, we are kind of on a hybrid schedule. And I tell them that if they're having a bad day and they come into the office, they're welcome to shut their doors, put on their, their whiteboard for people to knock, to come on into their office if they knock. And that way they have some, a buffer. Or if they, uh, if they choose and they elect to, um, they can call me and say, hey, Tracy, I'm having a bad day or I'm not 100% today. I'm going to work remotely from home and I'll be online, but I'm going to work remote. Okay, not a problem. Go ahead and do that. Or they have the option of taking a two-hour period, whether that's first thing in the morning and calling me and saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a couple hours this morning. I'm going to get in the right mindset. They can do that as well and not be penalized. They don't have to take the time off. They don't have to do anything. They, they can take the two hours and just, or if something happens throughout the day and they're like, it's two o'clock, I, I need to go. I had something horrible happen. This department upset me. This vendor upset me. I'm, I'm just not in the right mindset. I'm going to take the last two hours of the day and they can go home without being penalized again, without having to take the time off. That's how I deal with my team. And yes, it's a value of mine because to me, I, I look at as my team as, as they're a cohesive family. They're part of they're an extension of me and I'm an extension of them. And we work collaboratively together. And if we are not working collaboratively in the whole scheme of life, then it's not, you're not doing anybody any good as far as that's concerned. So I give them that freedom to do that. And in the same sense, I do that. I call and I'll call all of them and say, hey, I'm just maybe working from home today. I'm not in the right mindset to come into the office today. You don't want me there. I'm a little grouchy. You know, I just tell them that. And, and they're, they respect that and they appreciate it and they understand it because it's happened to every one of my team. I love that, Tracy. Thanks for sharing that. That shows a true value of care about others. And that takes a lot of awareness on your part. So thank you for for stepping up and saying that. That's huge. That's what I call an incredible leader. <laughs> I don't know if I'm an incredible leader. I'm just trying my best to get through life. Uh, no. You need to, you need, Tracy, you need to hear this from us, that that where you just stepped in there, that's what incredible leaders do. Tracy, you just need to say thank you and not deflect. Just say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because what happens if you deflect with me, Chad Randall? You keep getting it back <laughs> until you just accept it and let it go. What what resonated with some of you when uh, Tracy was was said said that? Yeah, I was I was thinking that you know it kind of reminded me you went kind of beyond in in a good way you know beyond you know things that I had seen before but you know one of the things that I did like in a in an old workplace was was kind of that I'd say it was almost like an indirect communication system where where we we all had these magnets on a board and it was essentially like a traffic light type system of now green, hey, yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm you know for whatever reason, you know, yellow, you know, you're kind of proceeding with caution, and then red, it's, you know, it, it could be because you're you're really busy, but it could just be like I'm not in the place where I need to, you know, I, I need to be interacting with with people. And when it worked, it it really worked well because because it was something that could be kind of easily done without people having to explain themselves but because everybody had the ability to use the system i mean even even the people that were in the cubicles you know it wasn't so much even about having a door like you could you could communicate that and just say i'm here 
doing my job, but I just don't need to be, you know, I don't need to be bothered with other things right now for whatever reason. And, and, and I think that, you know, that definitely works, but I really liked what you said about being in an environment where it's acceptable to say, you know, I need, I need to go step away from things and, and that there's not questions asked or, you know, demands put on people for justifying, you know, what it is that is going on with them. Um, I really appreciate that. No, and what it's done is it opened up the door for my for my team. So when they do that, when they step out of the office that in the afternoon, they say, hey, Tracy, I need to go home. I need this time. Okay, go for it. And when they do that, then generally what happens is they come in the next morning and they come in and they sit down, and they talk to me about whatever happened to them. They said, I just went, I refreshed, I reset my mind, and I worked through the issue while I was, you know, playing tennis or playing basketball or watching TV or, or driving around and looking at the scenery. Whatever they did, they worked it out in themselves. And then they came, came in and we discussed it and talked about it. And that's perfectly fine. That's, you know, if it's personal, they don't talk to me about it unless they really feel they have to. That's fine. I, I love that, uh, Tracy and Kirby. Thanks for saying that. Kirby, I like the red, yellow, green. Uh, Mark, you might want to relate to this in relationships. I'm walking home and I'm, I've got a red on today. Stay away from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. But it, again, it starts with, can we ourselves be vulnerable enough to say, I'm having a bad day as leaders? And that's where it starts, right? If we can say ourselves, I'm having a bad day. I'm okay with you having a bad day. How do we work together on this? Yet we have all these deadlines that have to be met. How do we make it work? True accountability is relational. I think what I'm hearing from everybody is that that relational aspect. And the other the other thing instead of when Tracy was talking is that too much of the business world is fixated on hourly accountability or time accountability rather than actually uh, helping them succeed accountability. True accountability is when I when I'm holding somebody accountable to what they say they want to do not what I think they should do. So I think even for myself, accountability is invited. So I invite somebody to hold me accountable out of relationship. And so accountability is not control. Accountability is actually empowerment. And so I think that that is very valuable. And so this discussion is absolutely what I believe that the business world needs, and well, the whole world needs a lot more of. And so that that is really, really rich. I think that's when you have the freedom to be able to have those kinds of conversations, it actually makes people want to work harder for you anyway. Yeah. So the, the results are going to be far greater when it's relational rather than it's, uh, you know, control. So, yeah, that that's what I was thinking that, that, you know, generally what I find is, I mean, even when it's hard, you know, I mean, whether, whether you're communicating in the way that I, you know, communicating how you're how you're feeling or how people should you know should deal with you in the way that I described or you know or verbalizing it to people that I feel like in most situations kind of in that relational mindset is that people do want to help and and it's not necessarily help to solve your solve your problem you know with whatever's you know going on that's causing you the issue but but if they think hey well maybe the way that I can help is by taking one task off your, you know, off your list or helping you out with, with that thing while, you know, so you can deal with whatever it is that, 
you know, is is causing you to feel bad, then it may not be every person is is in that sort of mindset. But I find that, you know, more often than not, you know, that's that's a way that people feel like they can kind of support and be there for for others in the workplace or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Dietrich Desmoras has a great quote. It says, listen with your eyes, persuade with your ears. I think with some of what Kirby said too, that really sticks out with me when, when we talk about control and Mark talked about it too, but it's the creative environment and it, it's extremely difficult. Some of us can do it. Not well. Some of us do it. Not at all. But in a controlled environment, creativity is lacking. And how do we solve a problem when we don't have the ability or the space or, or anything moving around that to really look at a problem in a different light? When we are constantly controlling our environment or the environments of others and, and a different way to do something comes up that could either be more efficient or it doesn't necessarily be more efficient, but more people centric. Maybe it'll take a day or two longer to get the same process done, but people enjoy it more because they found a creative outlet that makes it a more enjoyable or the output or the outcome is, is more desirable with whatever it might be. In a controlled environment, we lose the creative elements. I wonder if the, we need to have a balance though. I'm hearing all this about, let's just care about others, make sure that they're okay, talk to them. Yet you could go your entire day managing that, but how do you find a balance between the two. If you are in leadership at any level, from frontline manager to chief executive, Licky and I would like to invite you to join the conversations in our live virtual studio audience every Thursday or any Thursday that you are available from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific time. For more information, please visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. Now, back to the program. And I knew Steve was an unread on that one. Go ahead, Thank you Steve. for saying it because I'm like, I'm, I might have a bit of an unpopular opinion here just because I have a big team and I have 162 open issues in my support board today that my team needs to deal with. And I, I'm, I'm an empathetic person and, and we understand all these things about caring for people and making sure they're okay and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the work still has to get done. We've got not only our own expectations, but we've got client expectations, et cetera, et cetera. Somehow the work has to get done. And so I, what I think about that is, you know, can we, instead of managing the, I think Maybe it was Randall said it, uh, hourly expectation, like we just manage the overall today expectation, whatever that is. And whether people work from two to four, but still get the work done or work from eight to eight and get the work, like whatever, whatever works for them. I think that's the, the honest place we're at in this world right now is where let's manage the, the end expectation and not necessarily, Hey, you didn't show up at eight o'clock when you said you were going to, or you know, you were going to do three hours of work between nine and 12 or like, whatever, let's not worry about it. Let's just make sure that at the end of the day, what we as a group have agreed to provide for our customers gets dealt with. And whether that's at nine at night to midnight, because that's what works for you. That, that's great. So I like all that, but I love the, the term, like you said, balance. And, and, and really, I think that's the, the tricky part. And, and it's, it's part of the original question, I think is we've got all this stuff. We've got client expectations. We've got Maybe we've got financial expectations put on us by whatever, meeting the loan payment or the bank or meeting the orders or like whatever it is. 
We've got all these people under our care that we need to take care of. So that's a whole nother set of expectations. And yet they're all in different places in their life. And so again, for me, that's where the original question, like how do I manage effective accountability when everybody's in a totally different mind space? Now, it sounds like a lot of you work on your own. So you've got you and one or two people. I got 29 of them I got to deal with every day. And uh, it's just tough, right? So um, I like everything everybody said. I still just really, really struggle. Like, yeah, I mean, you raise up leaders to help you manage all that. I get all that. We're trying to do that. I just, I'm still really frustrated by the question, just to be a hundred percent transparent yeah. here, because you know, a lot of the things that people have said are like, yeah, these high overarching values and goals. I'm like, tell me how to do it, please. Three steps, four steps, five steps. I'm a list, list checker. <laughs> Give me something that I can leave this meeting with that I can go and deal with my 29 people today to keep them accountable. That's and I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be an a-hole, but uh, I'm a bottom line guy, right? And so all this touchy-feely stuff, I understand it. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. But at the end of the day, it's all pie in the sky. I'll just say it that way. It, it's tough. Right? And I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's tough for all of you, to be honest. But uh, uh, I'm a realist. And it's like, man, it doesn't get any easier. Let's just put it that way. Steve, I am a realist too, but I am a big picture realist and I, I can stop and repaint the picture, adjust the picture, toss the picture out, drop a brand new one. So I am the touchy feely. I am the motivator. I do want the story. I do want all those things because that's going to help me get to where you are because I don't just show up in, in being able to bottom line analyze. I work in finance as, as a regular gig. There are details. There are reasons. There are KPIs. There is all of this bottom line stuff. There is no simple one, two, three, because we work with people. One, two, three for you is very different than one, two, three for Mark, than one, two, three for Kirby, because we all work with different people and we all do different things. There is no way to simplify this outside of how do we simplify it for ourselves, right? So I don't think there's an actual like 100% transactional response to the question because the results vary on every person involved with the question. I like the response because it's your, it's, it's complicated, right? Yeah. And Steve, you know, um, there's 29 people you've got with 29 different issues that they're, that they're dealing with. You don't know what somebody's waking up with, what you don't know what they dealt with. And we all know things have to get done. So Steve, my answer to your your issue was I sold my business and got out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's why I left that IT industry. <laughs> send me a check. <laughs> no, however, however, I say that in, in a joking manner. I know. You know, I got out of it seven years ago. If I knew what I know now, seven years ago, I would have managed it totally different. And that's a big thing. There is no, like Randos, there is no one, two, three step. It does yeah. come into, it does come into, and I, and I said balance, but I knew I was going to get a rise out of you on that one because the balance is within ourselves first is how are we okay? And as I keep on saying that we have to be okay with us not being okay. Are we okay with them not being okay? Are we really okay with them not being okay? Yet the work has to get done. Good way to put it. I just wanted to echo what Randall said, um, that even on this call, we are all consuming information differently. And I feel like that's the challenge. Even as an independent, although I don't have direct responsibilities, I have like eight 
projects with within project groups, I have 30 different personalities that I have to morph into. And this is where things like blind spot and those kind of assessments really support getting an understanding of who they are and how they like to be communicated with and relate with. Because you might be a check off the box, but then another one will we need to understand the why, the high level. And then there's those. Myself, where I struggle is I'm the peacemaker. And so I feel like I need to make everyone feel happy, understand where everybody's at, and then kind of move the group in that direction. And so we were talking about self-accountability and values. I, If I could share a situation I had with one of my clients and being independent, I don't have capacity to have so many clients all at once. So I really dedicate some of my time to maybe two or three. And this one client really took up a lot of my time. And I saw that there's a greater vision that we could kind of grow together. But there were some values misalignments that just kept coming up that I thought, you know what, I'm going to do my peacemaker thing and I'm going to move through it. And I just, it just kept coming up. It was the most uncomfortable feeling that I had to even eventually walked out of a room. And I've never done that in my 30 years that I just felt like this is enough. I cannot handle this. And it's either I was going to blow up in that moment or I I was just going to be a person that I didn't want to be. So I had to leave the room. And so I came back. I composed myself. It still continued on. And long story short, the other consultants were let go and they kept me on. It was a struggle to stay because knowing what I've just witnessed and been been part of. And so eventually we did part ways. I, I, I came to terms that I could not. I could not continue on, but I, I didn't sever our personal time. It's just business-wise, we did not align in how we wanted to conduct. So I shared that as, you know, everyone at the personal level have to struggle with their values, the way they work and seeing what's right, you know, supporting that person. But at the end of the day, you, uh, for me at least, I do go back to my values as much how difficult it is sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel so much better. Even though I lost the client, had to look for a new client. But knowing that alignment and values is the most important thing. That's all I have time for, really. I love that. I mean, thanks for sharing that. That's important. Uh, you and I worked on a project many years ago, which we had <laughs> a similar situation, correct? For sure. Yeah. 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 No, but I had you to support me. Like you were kind of the the CEO of all the, the, the consultants, right? So that yeah. was, we had those values alignment, whether yeah. the organization that just proved that it didn't in the end align, right? Exactly, exactly. As you're saying that, you know, one of the things that we used to do at the IT company is um, I, had a, I had a rule, you got to check in your baggage, which meant uh, come and say hi to me last. Go say hi to everybody else on, around the building come and say hi to me last, where I can actually see in the eyes and see exactly how you're doing. And if you're not doing okay, we had a conversation about that. And they got a chance to go home, deal with it, talk about it. And if they were in the yellow zone, as Kirby put it, uh, we were actually having a five-minute meeting after. Every morning, we had a five-minute check-in. And the check-in wasn't about what you're doing, it's about how you're doing, what support do you need. It could be emotional support, task support, 
or physical support, whatever it was. And when they got vulnerable and said, I'm actually having a bad day, the others around them picked up and helped finish the task. And that's when shift started happening, is when we started becoming vulnerable and sharing, look, I'm having a crappy ass day today. The others would say, okay, what do you need done? That ticket that needs to get done, let me take it on for you. And that's where culture started shifting. Look, can I, I want to circle back to Steve for a second. You've already taken one practical step just by coming to this thing and hearing all this touchy-feely stuff. <laughs> and the other thing I want to say, my last role before I stepped out and doing this, my last role, with, I, I had 25 people that worked for me in the organization that I ran. And one thing that I came to realize is I actually wasn't responsible for caring for all their problems and all their needs, but I needed to acknowledge it. They needed to know I cared enough to acknowledge that they were going through some. And then I, my, my role as a leader is to just facilitate, make sure they're getting the help they need. So just as Licky just said, whether it was emotional help, then that's not on you or the company's responsibility, but it is, if you want to be a great leader, I think it, it it's very practical to say, listen, find some help and we'll help you find that or we'll, you know, just facilitate. Um, the other thing is, I was I was thinking when you were talking. Another practical step is if you if your team did the blind spot assessment and you knew which ones were the were the connectors and the peacemakers, and you might assign them and just a few people each and just say, hey, would you just check in on them? Would you make sure they're doing okay? Because I you know you don't have time to do it, Steve. But by acknowledging that and saying you know making it known to the team, say, listen, here's you know, Joe, Harry, and Pete, or Sarah, Alice, and Mary, they're going to, they're going to be there. If you have any, if you're having a bad day or you need just to, um, you know, do any of these things, you can check in with them and they may be checking in with you. So that's just a couple, you asked for practical. I just felt like that was a couple of practical things you could do, but also to encourage you and acknowledge you, you already did one thing practical of sitting in this uncomfortable meetings in us having you or several times yeah yeah thanks for that mark appreciate that and uh yeah i'm cogn i'm very cognizant of that we've been doing a lot of work on on all those those kinds of things so it's a work in progress for sure but yeah. you know this frustration still comes in absolutely at times so uh that's maybe the, the the what i said there maybe came from a point of being a little frustrated right now but thanks for that yeah, and Steve, you are you, you're doing the work. I, I've worked with you for many years here, and you know you are you are touchy feely. I know you are, but you've got also ta <laughs> tasks at hand. Practical. Yeah, you, you got that. And this is an opportunity to to elevate the leaders as well, right? To be the same way as you are, and as you elevate your leaders to be the same way as you are, then the culture starts shifting. That's a big difference. Well, so, absolutely. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I like coming into these conversations without a topic. You got to be careful what you ask because you might open a can of worms. Well, that's the whole idea here is open up the can of worms and we can relate it back to being incredible leaders. And, and like, as Mark said, any, everybody who shows up here is wanting to grow and understand what's happening within themselves. Because sure. the people that are showing up, they're, they're struggling with something. So we appreciate you showing up and doing this work on yourselves. Thank you for listening to the Awareness Advantage podcast brought to you weekly by the leadership team at Blind Spots Global, a multinational, multicultural leadership development organization specializing in transforming managers who are good at getting stuff done 
into great leaders who can influence and inspire others to achieve their best. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so now so you will never miss an episode. If you would like to join our live virtual studio audience and participate in the conversations, visit us at blindspots.vip forward slash audience. That's blindspots.vip forward slash audience. We hope to see you there.